Hey everybody, weird micro episode um, here on a fucking Thursday morning, um, just kind of out of nowhere. So I, I took this week off for a lot of reasons, um, and I'm going to real quick talk about them before I talk about what I'm going to talk about. Uh, last Saturday, I helped a couple of friends move. Um, it took 13 hours, and uh, I was... Uh, like, heavy lifter, primero, numero uno for for that move. And so it took a lot out of me. Um, I think one more night of decent sleep and I'll be back at, like, full energy, like, uh, like beforehand. Um, and then that night, it's, you know, it's it's been a couple of days. I'm recording this Wednesday. It's been a couple of days. Um, after the move, uh, me and a couple of friends went out and got some tacos which gave me wicked bad food poisoning. Um, and I have been, let's just say, close to the bathroom uh, this entire time. I'm finally on the mend um, after about three to four days. It's been awful. Um, I'm pretty sure I've lost like four pounds, but, you know, it's, it's beside the point. Um, and then work was busy. So, so those were like the real big three things for why I couldn't do fucking anything for recording chapters or the podcast and I just I just needed a break. I needed a week. Um the other thing that has consumed all of my healing time while I've just been supine on chair and or couch and or bed and or floor um was watching Critical Role. And that is the point of today's episode. So if you don't care about Critical Role, you can just bugger off. But the reason I wanted to do this was because tonight at 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, the finale of Season 2 of Critical Role with the Mighty Nine will occur. And it's going to be seven hours long. Probably a little over if I had to guess. Making it the longest episode ever made of Critical Role. The previous longest episode, I believe, is the Kraken fight from Season 1. Um, which I think clocked in a little over six hours. So this one's pretty massive. Um, and I just want to kind of talk about season two a little bit because it's coming to an end it's been three years um since season two began three years ago it was 2018 um i had been working at my current place of work for a year i was two years out of college um i've been watching critical role since my junior year my sophomore year i'm pretty sure it was my junior year i think i started watching it in my third year of college so that would have been 2014 is when I started watching it. Pretty sure the first episode I saw was in the middle of the Briarwood arc. I might have to go back and double check the dates on that, but I'm, I remember Scanlan turning into a fucking dinosaur in Whitestone, and that was Briarwood, so I'm pretty sure that's when I started. And I've watched it on and off ever since. You know, I watched the finale of season one and cried a river of tears. I fucking loved the characters of Vox Machina. Um, in and out, upside down and backwards, I loved them. I thought they were great. I, I laughed and I cried. It was amazing. Season two, you know, had some big shoes to fill, at least from where I was standing. Vox Machina was was right up my alley, like these kind of classic mythical hero figures, you know, fighting against world-ending catastrophes. That's my jam. Mighty Nine rolled up, and more or less, they're just all kind of a bunch of assholes, you know? They were fatally flawed people, um, which makes them more realistic. 
and I fully appreciate that. I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends really clung on to the Mighty Nine because they were more realistic, and more realistic characters makes for a better story. Just kind of flat out, you know, if you can connect with these characters on any sort of level, well then there you go. As much as I enjoyed Vox Machina, relating to Vox Machina is is hard sometimes. Um, I feel like Keyleth uh, is probably the most relatable, at least from where I'm standing, that whole kind of like nervous, um, kind of socially awkward character. Everybody else was just kind of like a little too cool for school, if you know what I mean. Um, but the Mighty Nine, everybody rolled up as a bunch of assholes with just a bunch of problems, you know? And people kind of, people connected to them um, on, on that level. But for me, I didn't really connect to the Mighty Nine until probably like 50 episodes in, which is bizarre. Because if anybody came up to me and was like, hey, watch this show, it gets really good 50 episodes in, I would tell them to go fuck themselves. Because who the fuck has time for that? Especially a show where each episode is minimum three hours long and the vast majority average to be about four. 50 episodes in and then the characters start getting good or then you start giving a shit about them? It's absurd. The barrier of entry of this is higher than learning a language. It's ridiculous. Um, but I love the show. I absolutely love the show. I love everybody on the show. I think Matt is the DM who, which I will forever try to strive to achieve. I think Travis has this strategic mind and can crack out jokes incredibly well. Sam Regal's incredibly talented. Laura Bailey is super funny and smart as Jester. Marisha Ray is utterly fantastic. I don't give a shit what the internet says. I think Marisha is fucking phenomenal. Bo and Yasha are like the best. Yasha is my technical favorite character simply because Big Smashy Barbarian is like after my own heart. It's funny because I don't like playing them, but I love them. Like big fucking strong romper stomper motherfuckers. Yasha, I'm all over that. Ashley Johnson is just adorable. Talison Jaffe is the 3,003 billion year old man who's teaching us all wisdom and life lessons with every other word. Liam O'Brien is just the eternal steadfast, almost the main character of the season. It is incredible. The, the cast just makes the show. And so I, I stuck it out for the cast. Because I, I loved them and I loved watching the show and seeing these characters develop and all the way back from like fucking Trostenwald, like fighting the Knolls with Shikasta, played by Carrie Payton, like moving forward, meeting Pumat's soul for the first time. And dipping their toes into this warlike campaign. Because you have the Dundalian Empire where the show starts, and then the Jorhasian Kryn Dynasty on the other side of the mountains, the Penumbra Mountain Range or whatever. And they're fighting, you know, and we start getting little little hints of war. And I thought that was really smart. They weren't frontline soldiers, they weren't, you know, generals in the war. They were just a bunch of schmucks who came together and you know, decided that traveling in numbers was the way to go and Eventually, they just kind of find out intrigue, and they get involved in these these plot hooks and these stories, and they find this fucking dodecahedron Luxon beacon, and it gives them the ability to control time and space around themselves in order to give themselves the chance to do, like, you know, anything over again. Sorry, I'm closing my door. And that's a really fun mechanic, you know? This, this, and they built the story around that, and then 
they sneak over into fucking Jorhas and they they do all their stuff there and they they get a boat and they they find out about Orly the fucking turtle first mate and they go on some ocean adventures and with Avantika and they do all of this shit with Ukato 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 and all that stuff was great I loved it and then it, it was time for Traveler Con and they went to Rumble Cusp and they they lost Yasha to Oban and were able to bring her back and all of these amazing storylines and early on uh half the cast had to leave uh ashley had to go to new york to film blind spot and travis and laura went off to have their first child ronan and we ended up in this scenario where molly mock tealy fucking kicked the bucket like 30 episodes in and a lot of people were devastated and i'll be honest back then molly couldn't give a shit didn't didn't really care for molly they were fine but if there was a character to kick the bucket, Molly was like the the like the last one I would have wanted to kick the bucket because it had the least emotional impact on me. But Molly kicks the bucket and then eventually we meet this big furry tea drinking badass named Caduceus Clay, who is probably I mean, I love all of these characters now that you've spent like 141 episodes over um when this final episode drops, it will have been over a thousand hours with these characters. Which is pretty amazing um just overall that to spend so long with them and i could fully appreciate wanting to end the the campaign at this point but i'm getting ahead of myself um yeah i loved caduceus and you know defeating lorenzo and the i can't even remember what they were called the slavers just going through that whole thing um being hailed heroes of the crane declaring peace in this war um and then kind of the beginning of the end right we had uh, like Cree vanished and dug up Molly Mock's body and resuscitated Lucian. Um, and they went to the Isolcross and Aeor. And it was this big chase that lasted weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And it culminated in the, the finale of these last couple of episodes. Um, I'm not going to say what happens in them specifically uh, in case people are still getting caught up. Um, but I will say that. I have watched from episode 135 to 140 in a week. Yes, it is possible. Um, and the, I did not have the same level of emotional connection to this finale that I did of Vox Machina the first time. And... I very much appreciated this finale, but if I had to compare the two, like, slobberknocker fights at the end of each one, this fight seemed so much easier than the Vecna fight from season one. Like, they're very similar in terms of, like, trekking through these these fantastical environments in order to encounter the final boss. They're very similar in that way. In fact, even the villains kind of look the same. Um, but... The, the comparison between the two, I feel like Vecna was a whole other level. And there, there was a, it was a bit more of a technical fight with Vecna. Like, they had to do specific things in order to even hurt the bastard. Um, while with Molly Mock, um, or Lucian rather, um, it was... I, I, it's not really a spoiler that Lucian's the final boss, but... Lucian, um, I don't know, it just felt like... just felt like just a fucking bunch of hits, you know? There was a little bit of fun stuff to it, but I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being critical. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. 
I mean, we're talking about like A plus to A, you know, it's, it's still fantastic. And I still love these characters and I'm going to miss them when they're gone. Um, it's been, it's been an incredible ride. I'm incredibly excited for where season three is going to go, but who knows for the finale, my predictions, right? Because it's tonight. <sighs> yes, I will be up and I will be watching the whole thing as long as I can. My goal is to see the entire thing. Um, I don't have a whole lot going on Friday, so I should be okay. Um, I mean, I think it's just going to be like a, like a pleasant ending. I don't know how they do pleasant ending for seven hours. So part of me thinks there is going to be like a final confrontation fight, which seems a little strange, but I don't know what else you do for seven hours because they defeated, you know, the, the main threat. There are a couple of loose ends, sure, but I don't see how that takes seven hours. Maybe there's a time jump. I have no idea. But something something occurs tonight. If I had to guess, if if there is a battle, my money is on fucking what's his face? Um Trent Ikathon. That's my that's my guess. Because seven hours is a very long time to just talk and have sad goodbyes. So my money is on there will be combat, and I think it's gonna be Trent. It's it's such a step down from what they just went through that it almost seems like an annoyance at this point. But maybe in this final episode they're just gonna wrap up like every fucking possible story thread they have left, like Ukatoa, Trent Ikathon, the Kryn Dynasty. I have no idea what they're gonna do, but there's there's quite a bit left to do, I guess. Um, and a lot of story threads have gone unfinished, so maybe that's what they're gonna do. There's a lot you can do in D&D in seven hours. So, I will be fascinated to find out how it goes. Um, but yeah, that's my predictions for season two. I'm gonna miss it when it's gone, for sure. Um, but I think I won't miss it as soon as season three starts up. And that's when I'm gonna spend the, the remainder of this time theorizing on season three. There are two continents on Exandria that we know of that have not been gone into in incredible detail. I can never remember the name of the fourth one. But the third one's like Marquette and Ancarel, Um, Which is uh, a lot more ethnically diverse than I think some of these other continents we've spent time on. Um, and so, you know, who the fuck knows if they're actually going to go and spend time there. Um... We, we don't know anything about Season 3 right now. I just want to state that for a record. We don't know the setting. We don't know where in the timeline it's going to be. If they're going to go forward in time. If we're going to jump back in time. We do not know. Um, however, this is this is my, my prediction. I think in order to tie in... I'm a little cynical. So I think about this from like a business side of thing. Rather than a strictly creative side. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went back to Taldore. Quite frankly. But because of the TV show and kind of tying it in there. Um, they could also make a new continent. Uh, and with that comes a whole new level of like, you know, new possible guide through D and D like a new book. Um, they're going to make new characters regardless. So there's all the merchandising coming from that. Um, we, we don't know who's going to play what, and we probably won't until episode one airs. Um, if they do what they did for season two, they will release like a silhouette of what the heroes look like. Um, and then we kind of can guess from there. Uh, the only, the only kind of class that hasn't really been done, um, is Sorcerer. And I know some people are there are going to be like, what about Tiberius? Well, fuck Tiberius. 
Um, so there's a potential that somebody rolls up as a sorcerer. Um, but I could also see, like, no one ever playing a sorcerer in, in fucking Critical Role. I could see that, too. Um, just because of, like, the bad taste uh, Orion left in everybody's mouth. So, I'm not entirely sure what's, uh, what they're going to roll in as, but... I, I do know, I do know a couple of things for sure. One, I'm going to watch the start of Season 3 live. Because, why the fuck not? Two, I mean, they've proven themselves to me with, with the Mighty Nine. And I went through this with the Adventure Zone as well, right? Season one of both of these things was so awesome that you kind of have to sit back and be like, can they, can lightning strike twice? Will they pull it off? And in both cases, the answer was yes. I think Amnesty was excellent and Mighty Nine was phenomenal. You know, so you got to trust the creators and all of that stuff. And I'm sure, you know, actually, I haven't seen a whole lot of this on the internet, but I'm sure they're out there. People are going like, I can't believe they're ending with the Mighty Nine. This is horse shit. Um, and that's, you know, that'll happen just kind of no matter what. But I don't I don't feel that way. I think the Mighty Nine story has been told. I think we'll get one shots with the Mighty Nine, just like how we get one shots with with fucking Vox Machina. And they're adorable and they're sweet and I love them. Um, and I will I will watch the one shots with the Mighty Nine. I think it's gonna be great. And as of right now, this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but as of right now, the Mighty Nine will succeed in one area where Vox Machina failed, and that is uh, having the entire original cast of characters survive. Um, we will we will just have to wait and see. For tonight's uh, tonight's finale. Oh man! At the time of recording this, I am about twenty three hours away from seeing starting the 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 next episode, and it is also unbelievably hot in my room. Um, I'm pretty sure it's about eighty six degrees outside, uh, and the sun has been beating on my windows for the last five hours. So I've just been slowly sweating and getting hotter and hotter in this room the entire time. As soon as the sun goes down, I'm opening all my windows and hoping that cools me down. Because tomorrow it's supposed to be like 14 degrees cooler. Yeah. I absolutely, I absolutely love Critical Role. In fact, I'm, I'm rolling up two campaigns. One starting pretty much as soon as I'm done recording this. And the other one um, fairly soon. Uh, set in Exandria, and my my campaign is going to be set a couple of months after Vox Machina defeats Vecna in the end of season one, and we're starting in Taldori, but Ma Wild Mount will also be hit at some point, I'm sure. Um, and I've very much been in this world for for a while now. Uh, this is actually the first time in a long time I'm not currently wearing a Critical Role shirt. The impact the show has had on my life is pretty unreal. Like, if it wasn't for this show, I would not be playing D&D as aggressively as I do. Um, I would not own so many items, you know? It's It's been an incredible show. And a lot of my friends are fans, and I, I don't know, it's just... It's really special. Um... 
I know it has this incredible barrier of entry. And there is something to be said about going back and watching it from season one or season two, because I think one of the greatest things about it is being along for the ride, you know? Um, if you go back and watch it, chances are there's going to be a lot of moments where you're going to be, you're going to have that fucking like FOMO shit, right? Where they'll hawk a piece of merch that you cannot get anymore. Or there'll be a bit of news that's incredibly outdated. Um, in fact, today they released pictures of what the um, Vaxeldan like dagger letter opener set for the Kickstarter is going to look like. And those rewards come out later this year in August. And I was reading those comments and a lot of people were fucking bummed that they missed the Kickstarter because they start watching the show like afterwards, you know? Um, and so the, here's what I will say. Start season three. If you've, you've never seen the show, start with season three. It's going to be a brand new setting, brand new characters. You don't need to watch the stuff beforehand to appreciate the new stuff. That's never how it's been. That's, you, you know, you'll just, you'll start fresh with everybody. That's what the beautiful thing was about season two was because season one had gone on for so fucking long that no, like nobody could hop in. It was, it was, the barrier of entry was too high. And with Mighty Nine, it's even worse because there's more episodes. Start with season three. And if you like it, and if you love what they're doing, and you've gone through the fucking merch store, you know, because that's the thing with some of this stuff, is if you don't get it, like, when it's announced, there's a pretty decent chance your shot has just been missed kind of forever. Um, they have restocked some stuff, but I can think of a lot of items in the back of my head where it's like, oh, they don't, that's not a thing anymore. So that's my recommendation. If you really like the show and you want some of the merchandise, get it. Because once that shit's gone, consider it gone. Um, and that's, that's, that's my advice there. But if you don't care about that, if you don't care about the, the items um, or the news and you just want to enjoy a story, then you can go back and start from the very beginning um, and work your way forward because it's some of the best storytelling. Some of these moments driven by actual random chance and throwing of dice is beggar's belief some of the things that occur. It... it defies all notions of logic and reason how some of this shit breaks down it's pretty crazy um but yes if you're a brand new fan season three is right around the corner i have absolutely no idea when my guess is they're probably going to take a couple of weeks in between because why wouldn't you um before season three begins I'm not sure. If it was me, season three would roll up pretty goddamn quickly. And I think it's going to be a lot sooner than most of us anticipate. Uh, because for since episode 100 onward, they've been pre-recording episodes of Critical Role um, before air for social distancing. But now that everybody's vaccinated and we're kind of winding down on stuff like that, I'd be willing to bet season three will be at the old table, like side by side. Um in person together uh like it was long long ago i'd be willing to bet that's what it's gonna be so perhaps it'll be sooner than we all think um but i fully trust them more i trust the cast and company of critical role more than i trust any other single company in this world to do right by their fucking fans 
So, and do by, right by themselves. Like, that's the other thing. Is like, I don't want anybody putting themselves at risk to make dumb D&D shit for us. So, whatever they do and whatever they decide, I am here for it. And I will throw dollars at their dumb shit for me to own. Because, of course, um, it's just... It's just what I do. And if you have even the slightest iota, the littlest desire to sink your teeth into the greatest piece of visual media I've experienced in my lifetime, he said, without overstating or pontificating, because that's really how I feel, then give season three a shot. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. And I was about to buy... The Molly Mock shirt, but it's sold out. God damn it. It wasn't this morning. Oh well. If it comes back in stock, I might I might actually pick that up. I'll keep an eye on it. Um yeah, god damn. Thank you all very much for listening. We will we will start up again probably next Tuesday. I will I will start up again with, with stuff. Um Hopefully everything goes well and then we'll just get right back into it. Um, if you're gonna watch tonight's episode live, fucking more power to you. Um, join me in the goddamn light of this shit. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good time. I guarantee it. Thank you all very much for listening, for watching, for, for being a pal, for being a friend. I appreciate you. Thanks for giving me this week. And I'll talk to you all soon. Have a good one, everyone.